Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. What a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. How was that worship? I actually don't want to recover from that worship. So if I'm a little bit subdued, it's because uh, God was just doing a deep work in my heart. Will we live to glorify Him? Even if our names are not mentioned, will we live to glorify Him? Will we say, God, all I want is to glorify You? Let that be our prayer. Amen. What a joy it is to fellowship together, to be in the house of the Lord together. We acknowledge all the first-time guests that are here with us today. Before I share a few testimonies, I just want to acknowledge uh, someone very special that is very honorable who's joining with us today, the Mayor of Joburg. Thank you, Dr. Mpopalati, for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. She's here with her dad and son and some family members and uh, uh, we made sure that our security is tight this morning so you can enjoy the service. <laughs> uh, it was so amazing that she's heard about this crazy bunch of people from every nation who prays for the city and who believes that God will turn this nation, change this nation, and make it all that he wants it to be. So she heard about this church from Andrew Nett, who's here praying for the, with the mayor, and Chloe also working together with the mayor. They come to this church, and they told the mayor about this church, and we believe, we believe that God is going to change things for this nation. The very same word that Quentin shared, that we don't believe the lie of the enemy. We believe what God says about this nation. We choose to believe the promises, the prophecies that have been spoken about this nation, that they will come to be. Amen. For those joining us online, we're glad that you can be with us online uh, the same way that Nevilia greeted you. I can't do it, but you're welcome. <laughs> Friends, I want to share two testimonies. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And when we share testimony, it's to build our faith. We share testimonies because we choose to believe that God can do it again. What he has done before, he can do it again. A couple of weeks ago, we were having our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We were in the revival prayer on our Zoom our platform. And that morning, Dr. Yvette Solomon shared a, a, a testimony about her son. They've been believing God for him to get a job. And we've been standing with them, praying with them, trusting with them. Two and a half years of waiting. But I want to say to you, in God, delay does not mean denial. Delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. We don't wait passively. We wait and know that God can do it. So on that morning, it was a Monday morning, I remember very well, she shared a testimony that her son has just gotten a job and she was start, he was studying the job. And we say, praise God. Praise God. After two and a half years of waiting, he got a job. Two and a half years of waiting. But the testimony doesn't end there. It was... Uh, at that prayer meeting, afterwards, one lady who's been trusting God for a job, and she's been sending out her CVs, she said these words. She said, Lord, what you did to that family, can you do it to me too? Can you do it to me too? Guess what? That very Friday, she got a call from an owner of a company 
for a coffee that turned into an interview, and she sent us a message that on Monday, she's studying the job. The following Monday, she had a job. I'm sharing this testimony because some of you here, you've been waiting and trusting God for a job, or maybe your business has been affected by the COVID season. Or maybe things have not gone well. You've got a salary cut. Things have not gone well. I'm here this morning to remind you that God still hears and answers prayer. God hears and answers prayer. God hears and answers prayer. And some testimonies I'll share as we share the word just now. It's a reminder that God is able. You know, this morning when I was praying, I was saying, Lord, you know what? I, I, I don't care what happens in the service as long as you show up. If you don't show up, if you don't heal people, if you don't bring transformation, I don't care. I need you to show up. I need you to show up. I care that you show up. Like the song that we sang, when he walks into the room, everything changes. Everything changes. So we are in part five of the series, Abiding in the Word. The beauty and the power of the Word of God. Today we're reading John chapter, 7, chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, you can open there. or It will be up here on the screen. We're going to be talking about abiding produces fruit. Abiding produces fruit. We're reading John chapter 15. But before I read the text we have today, I want to ask you two questions. Have you ever wondered why there are Bibles in hotel rooms? You know, some hotel rooms still have Bibles. I know some have stopped, but some still have Bibles. And also, in case you have been struggling with this question, can you take that Bible home? Uh, Let's just be honest now. If you have taken the Bible from the hotel room, it's okay. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God that the Bibles are in cell phones now. Hey, Greg, you can just uh, read your Bible in, in a cell phone. So I did a bit of research, and I want to read this for you because it will help us. The first Bible find its home in a hotel room in 1899, at the turn of the century. It was intended to bring peace and solace to weary traveling salesmen. At the time, as they travel, there, there was a loneliness that they experienced. So these two other salesmen, they said, let's get the Bibles into the hotel rooms. We believe they will help people with loneliness. I believe there's something significant there that they understood, that the Bible is not just a book. The Bible is a person. Remember John 14, the Bible, John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It became flesh. Jesus is this Word. So when you open this Bible and read it, what it does is it transforms you. It brings life. It takes away the loneliness. Speaking as one who used to travel a lot until my wife stopped giving out visas, You know, Brother Webb, when Caroline says, no, you can't do this trip. <laughs> I used to travel a lot, and the longest I've been away from the family was I was studying at Northern Virginia University, conflict resolution and peace building, and it was three weeks. Um, and I still maintain that it was three weeks. My wife, who was here in the first service, says it was a full month. Now that she's not here, I've got the microphone. It's still three weeks that I was away. <laughs> 
My kids also say that, Dad, you are away for a month. I said, no, 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 no. I was away for three weeks. But in the three weeks I was away, something kept me going. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. If you're traveling and you find yourself alone somewhere, before you do anything stupid, take the Word of God. Take the Word of God. Take the Word of God. The reason I say that is we counsel a lot of people. They travel and they get themselves in things they shouldn't be doing. Can I preach the word today? Yeah. All right, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. Let's, what does the Bible say? John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. It means there are untrue vines out there. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Come on, somebody. The father is the vine dresser. He's the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Thank you, Lord, for this promise. Verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. There's a, there's a progression there, from more fruit to much fruit. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be full in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's jump to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit, and that fruit that should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father in my name may be given to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So friends, from the text that we've read, I'm sure you notice the word abide appears a couple of times. If you go and do a word search and a word study, you will notice that that word abide appears over 10 times in the few verses that we've read. And in Scripture, every time there's repetition, it means emphasis. God is trying to say something important about abiding. Abiding is a word that means to linger longer, to remain, to wait, to stand within the presence of God. What we have read here in verse 4, I want to highlight to you. It says, abide in me and I in you. We are the ones to take the first step. 
He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's go to verse 1. Verse 1 says, I'm the true vine and you are the branches. If Jesus says, I'm the tree, I'm the vine, you're the branches, it means that we are part of Jesus. We belong to the body of Christ. It didn't say that I'm the stem. Did you read the stem there? It said, I am the vine. He is everything. So if you are connected to Jesus, you get your identity from Jesus. You draw your identity from Jesus. It is when you are not connected to Jesus, you lose your identity. He said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. So I want us to focus on this uh, crescendo or progression that it speaks about of fruitfulness. Reading verse 1, it says, you will bear more fruit. So we're talking about more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit. A life that reflects Christ, kingdom advancement, and missional movement. Let's talk about more fruit. Abiding produces more fruit. Verse 2 says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. And that it may bear more fruit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask for, whatever you wish for, it will be done for you. I like the NLT. New Living Translation says, He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the, the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now, what I like about this portion of Scripture, we think that he only cuts those who are not producing fruit. No, 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 no. All of us get the cutting. The cutting happens to all of us. Just in case you thought that, okay, I'm good. No, 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 no. The cutting happens to all of us. I guess the best way to put it is the cutting happens to those who are not producing fruit and those who are producing fruit. So let's talk first about those who are not producing fruit. So I did a bit of research. I came across a, a website called uh, Mr. Tree. So this morning, let me share some revelations from Mr. Tree. <laughs> you will not believe that this uh, two branches that I got this morning from my garden, they both came from one tree. These two branches, they both came from one tree. You know what? I can do it again if you don't believe me. I can do a video and post it on our YouTube. They came from one tree. So when I researched with Mr. Tree, Mr. Tree said a couple of things. You know that the tree is going to die or a branch is going to dry when it starts looking like this, when it's bare, when it doesn't have fruit, when it doesn't have leaves. And then he says that the ones that are connected to the source and drawing from the source, they will be like this. They'll have leaves and they'll produce fruit. And now I started reading more. I realized that when the Bible says there are people that are hanging around the vine, but they are not connected to the vine. There are believers that are doing all the motions, come to church on Sunday, going to connect group, going to prayer meetings, but they're not connected to the source. 
You know, Mr. Tree says that you know that this branch is going to die because it was already surrounded by unhealthy branches. So who are you hanging around? Who are you abiding with? Because the people that you're abiding around and hanging with will determine the type of branch you will be. The people that you hang around with. As someone said, show me your friends. I'll predict your future. I don't want to be this branch. I don't want to hang around these branches. I want to hang around Christians who love Jesus. I want to hang around Christians who are crazy about South Africa. I want to hang around Christians who are crazy that God still heals cancer today. I want to hang around those Christians who are producing fruit. I I like Mr. Tree. Greg, you must check that website. (laughs) Mr. Tree says, you know a tree is going to die when it starts leaning. When the stem is no longer straight up. When you begin to bend the truth, when you begin to compromise, when you begin to justify yourself and the things that you do, you even find scripture for it. Are you abiding or are you just going to scripture to find a justification why you're having sex outside marriage? Are you abiding or are you finding scripture to justify why you should pay a bribe? Bible says those who abide are already clean because of the word. They are already clean. Look here. Verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. The word of God is like soap. It washes us. When you are in the word, there's no way you can remain corrupt. Otherwise, you're reading a different Bible. It says here what we've read in Scripture, you know, it says the word is like silver. When the silversmith will refine it a couple of times until he sees himself on it. The only time that he will stop refining the silver is when they see themselves on it. The Bible says the word is like silver refined seven times. When we get into this word, it will refine us. It will refine us. It will cut us so that we can produce more fruit. I mean, Dallas Willard puts it this way. The general human failing is to want what is right and important, but at the same time not commit to the kind of life that will produce the action we know to be right and the condition we want to enjoy. This is the feature of human character that explains why the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We intend what is right, but we avoid the life that will make it a reality. We have lots of Christians with good intentions, but do you live a life that reflects more fruit? Let's bring it close to home. When I was at high school, I was a Christian, grew up in a Christian family. If you haven't heard the story, my my grandmother was a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Catholic. We do have Catholics who are spirit-filled. We have Anglicans who are spirit-filled. Methodists who are spirit-filled. We all belong to the vine. I grew up a Christian. I was in high school, boarding school. And when you're in boarding school, you say, freedom. <laughs> Live your life the way you want to. But the funny thing is, I was like that branch that's hanging around Jesus. 
but not connected to Jesus. I was that branch that I knew all the words, Brother Webb, the Christian words. Bless you, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was a powerful salmon. God is good. <laughs> I knew all the words, but my life was not reflecting the more fruit that he's speaking about. So when you talk about more fruit, it's Galatians chapter 5. Just throw at me some of those uh, fruit of the Spirit, whatever you remember. Fruit of the Spirit. Love. Self-control. I'm glad. Thank you for saying self-control, because I never hear it normally. Gentleness. Patience. Kindness. I had kindness. All of them. We need to reflect all of them. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not reflecting Christ. Christians are those who live like Christ, who reflect Christ through their lives. We're talking about abiding produces fruit, from more fruit to much fruit to lasting fruit. More fruit is when we begin to reflect who Christ is, not just saying the words, going through the motions, is when our lives reflect who Christ is. So let's talk about much fruit. Abiding produces much fruit. Much fruit is verse 5. I'm the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You, you notice the progression? Verse 1, more fruit. Verse 5, much fruit. Verse 8, by this my father, the owner, the gardener, the vine dresser, is glorified when you bear much fruit. So God is glorified. Like we sang this morning, all I want, I want you to be glorified. God is glorified when we reflect Christ and when we bear much fruit. Why is God glorified? It says, you show yourself to be my disciples. People can tell that you're my disciples when you bear much fruit. How do we bear much fruit? Bearing much fruit is that you are salt and light in every area of society where God has placed you. If you're a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, whatever work, domestic worker, wherever you are, you are praising God and you're living for the king. You are reflecting Christ. When you walk into the room, Christ has just arrived. When you walk into the room, the environment must change. I think it was Nevilia's testimony. You said you were in a meeting and things were not going well and you just start praying. Pray, pray, pray in the spirit. Pray, the environment will change the environment will change. I read on Friday an article from Discovery Life. A doctor in this church, she asked me, Pastor, please don't mention my name. She is a colorectal surgeon. She does about 100 surgeries a year, colon cancer. She said, God, no, this must change. We cannot do, continue to see so many patients with the same problem. She went to the Lord, and I believe God re revealed something to her. She said, in this article I'm just reading, they said she has discovered a way that you can be able to solve colon cancer even before a child is born in the embryo. She found out, she discovered that you can handle cancer before it comes. 
And then uh, Discovery Foundation, they gave her an award for this discovery. And she just says, all glory to God. All glory to God. All glory to God. That's just one of them. I mean, I believe this church, Body of Christ, this world changes. If I begin to share all the testimonies, we won't have enough time. We prayed for a guy two weeks ago. Doctors had given him a few days to live. He was so desperate. Uh, he, he asked, can I come to see you, Pastor? I came to my house. Nothing special about my house and me. Just took oil, anointed him with oil. And while we were praying, I felt the Lord say, tell him he's going to live to see his grandchildren. He's going to live to see his grandchildren. The father, two boys. Doctors had, did an emergency surgery, and he's out of hospital recovering right now. He's recovering right now because God still heals cancer. God still works through the doctors. Can I hear amen to that? Amen. I'm sure the mayor is happy, Dr. Mpo. God still works through the doctors. I want to share this with you that can we be people who believe that the Word of God can produce much fruit in our lives? Can produce much fruit. We don't just want to get a salary at the end of the month. We want solutions to the problems of society. To the problems of society. You know, I can tell you so much because I've been reading about the mayor who left her job, a business, to go and help with issues of poverty in our nation. She left the business to do that. I read on an official webpage that her favorite book is the Holy Bible. I'm like, keep it that way. Keep it that way. Keep it that way. Abiding produces lasting fruit. We're moving from abiding produces more fruit, much fruit, to lasting fruit. So more fruit is us reflecting Christ. Much fruit is we reflect Christ in the way that people see we do our work with excellence. Because we are Christians, they shouldn't say, oh, those ones who don't do their job, they must say, that guy is actually here before everyone else arrives. Before the meeting starts, they are there. They are never late. I'm sorry if I'm stopping on toes. Maybe you have a good reason why you're late. It's okay. But I'm saying as Christians, can we be people of excellence? That is producing much fruit. Let's be people of excellence. Finally, lasting fruit, verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. In the ESV it says, fruit that will abide. So what it means is that when we make disciples, we are producing fruit that will last. If you say, why are you saying that, Pastor Sai? The only thing we take to heaven with us is people. The only thing we take to heaven with us is souls. It's not your car. It's not your house. It's not all the perfumes that you have. I'm sorry if I'm preaching to someone. But it's people. It's souls. Abiding helps us to be passionate about souls. It is Matthew 28. The Bible says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Teach them, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Because the only thing we take to heaven with us is people. Whenever I disciple people, go with the journey with them, through the journey, going through the one-to-one, the, the foundations, I want to make sure that I can build people who can be able to abide by themselves. I don't want to disciple someone and after a year, two years, they're not able to abide by themselves. They should be able to abide by themselves. How do we abide? Verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Keeping the word, the commandments of God. Just as I've kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Abiding in his word is abiding in Jesus because Jesus is the word. Let's bring it home. William Paulsell says, it is unlikely that we will deepen our relationship with God in a casual or haphazard manner. There will be a need for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our lives. But there's nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. Being in the presence of God should not just be a Sunday experience. Being in the presence of God should be a daily experience that we abide in this word. That we are intentional about this word. Because this word is alive. It is like a two-edged sword that divides through the bone and the marrow, that cuts through the soul and the spirit, the heart and the mind. How do we abide in this word? How do we do it practically? I've been reading church history, and one of the things in church history that I love is the monastics. You know, those who would spend time in the monastery and then go and preach the gospel. I know things have changed from the original uh, um, uh, monks, like uh, the Jesuits started by Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis of Assisi. Things have changed. You have people like uh, John Wesley who taught Methodism, who helped them to understand the importance of spiritual disciplines. The original Methodists, they will fast twice a week, Wednesday and Friday, and spend three hours in the Word and in prayer. Yes, we live in the dispensation of grace, but if you don't abide, you will not produce more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit. So I want to give you a challenge this year. If you will take the Lord at his word, I don't, some of you are already doing this, but if you were to abide, like the monastics who had the rule of life, we have a rhythm of life. Read the word. Take five minutes to read the word daily. Take five minutes to be silent. Meditate on the word. Write down the things that God is saying to you through the word. Switch off the phone for a little bit and just be silent before the Lord. And then pray the word. This is a good time to take a picture. Because at the end of the year, I'm going to ask, how many of you actually tried this thing out? You can write it down, whatever works for you. I want to say to you, if you try this and it doesn't work, you can ask for your tithe back. That's your job. You know, they like to say there's guarantees and whatever. That was not in the notes. But I want to tell you that if you want your life to be transformed, try this out. You can do it morning, noon, afternoon, evening, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's no religion. You find a way. Spend 15 minutes, even if it's 555. Just try take God at his word. This is me closing now. Why am I asking you to do this? They did a study in America 
they took 40,000 people from the ages of 8 to 80 years old, and they tracked these people as they were abiding in the Word, what happened to their lives. And this is what happened. You can go and Google it if you don't believe me. When we are in the Scripture, one time a week, maybe it's only on Sunday, you open your Bible, they saw that there was negligible effect on key areas of your life. Some effect, very negligible. Uh, two times a week, it was negligible effect. Three times a week, something happened. There was a heartbeat. There was change. Something happened as you were in the Word three times a week. Four times a week, it literally spiked off the chart. Something most amazing happened because you're lingering longer. You're staying more in the Word. This was the result. Something that they didn't even expect. Remember where we started with uh, loneliness in hotel rooms? They discovered that feeling lonely drops 30% by just being in the Word. Four times a week, loneliness drops. If you're staying alone, just be close to this friend. Be close to this Bible. Anger issues drops 30%. Bitterness in marriage, family relationships drops 40%. Thank God for the Word. I get forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. My family will forgive me. Alcoholism drops 57%. If you're struggling with alcoholism, take the word. If you're struggling with alcohol, just take the word. Let's take God at his word. See the transformation that will happen. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. People have been saying, man, I don't know where I'm going spiritually. Get in the word. Don't read it like a novel. Read it like you're going to meet a person. Viewing pornography drops by 61%. Maybe you're struggling in this area. Get in the Word. Sharing your faith jumps up by 200%. Remember what Scripture said. They said they looked at these guys in the book of Acts. They said they were unschooled people. They were uneducated people. But they noticed that they had been with Jesus. They had been in the Word. They had been with Jesus. Discipling others, spending time in discipling others, jumped by 230%, meaning that you see the value of spending time with people, being in a connect group, discipling each other, because the only thing we take with us to heaven is people. It's the only thing we take to heaven with us. As we wrap it up, I want us to close differently today. I'm going to give you a minute to just uh, linger longer and ask the Holy Spirit how He wants you to respond to this Word. What is going to change this week in order for you to abide in the Word? Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Public reading of Scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Peter writes, they look, is taking the words of Peter and says, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship and to prayers. They devoted themselves. They were abiding. The word devotion means to continue steadfastly even when there's resistance. We devote ourselves to the word. We devote ourselves to coming to church because it is a public reading of the word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
we give you one minute. Just say, God, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond to this word? Father, I pray that we will stop being Christians who are just hanging around the vine. But we'll be Christians who will linger longer and connect to the vine. So we can produce more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit. I pray that we will change our rhythms starting from this week and try this way of living of abiding in the word of prioritizing your word in Jesus name while I hear about in this moment of prayer I just feel like there's some people that may want to recommit their lives to Jesus or maybe you've never given your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. This abiding we've been talking about, you said, I have not made that first step of abiding in Jesus. If you are here, let's give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus or to recommit your life to Jesus. If you are here, we want you to raise your hand so we can pray with you. You're not raising your hand to me, but you're raising it to God and say, God, I want to come back and abide and be in a relationship with you. If you are here, you want to give your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Just raise your hand. Thank you so much. Wherever you are, just raise your hand. Once you've raised your hand, you can put it down. Anyone else, if you are here, you say, there's a reason why I had to come today. There's a reason you are here today. Just raise your hand so we can acknowledge you and see your hand. Thank you, my brother at the back. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Anyone else? We don't want to rush this moment. God is calling you back to the fold. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Can we all stand? <clears throat> I'm going to ask one more thing. For all the people who raised your hands, 
we want to pray with you. We won't take too much time, but we want to ask you to come to the front and we're going to take you to the room on the side to take your contact details so that we can stay in touch with you to help you to abide in the vine. So those who raise their hand, just come and then also altar call and lead us. Can you please come and uh, be with them? All you, those who raise your hand, please come. If you raise your hand, please come. Thank you. So we'll stand with you. Anyone else? If you raise your hand, please come so we can pray with you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. If you raise your hand, anyone, come. We want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Hallelujah. This is one of the best decisions you can ever make with your life. Best decision. Thank you. So, um, over 30 years ago, I made this decision and I never regret it. My life was changed. My life was completely transformed. And I'm grateful to God that you're making the same decision. Your life will never be the same again. Church, can we please join them and you pray together this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We receive you as Lord and Savior of our lives. From today, we will abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the counselors are going to take you to this side. Thank you. Okay, saints, let's do this like there's a party in heaven when people give their lives to the Lord. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for these lives. Amen.